Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world. With Ani Avedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. I'm Ani Avedisian. We are going to go along and sing a little song now because it's my 99th podcast. Yes, my darlings, it is 99 times that you and I, we have shared a martini cocktail together. And it reminds me of a little song that goes, 99 bottles of beer on the wall, 99 bottles of beer on the wall. And if one of those bottles should accidentally fall, it's probably because one of the martini heads decided to drink it. Welcome to the show, everyone. As always, three parts spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism. Give it all a good, hard shake and pour. Dress it with the olives of grace and empathy. Sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation and a hearty hello to everyone out there hello 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 on this our 99th metaphysical martini podcast with cosmic reality radio Woohoo! thanks for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's show the show that tries to sort out what's true what's woo and what gets flushed down the loo in today's hunter seems to be cooperating but federal peeps are still investigating. RFK has put his hat in the ring for some hey, hey, hey. Whistles are being blown all over town. How close are we to a total grid shutdown? We are going to need Advil as we run out of red pills. Insane, profane, the media lies yet again. Don't eat the geoengineered grain, bizarro little world. As always, my darlings, we try to do this with as much dignity and decorum as can be mustered on any given day. And looking back on all of the 99 shows or 98 shows, I have to say, <clears throat> we are really successful. I will admit to that. But we are honor bound to give it our best shot. And on this show, the metaphysical martini show, we do love the odd shot now and then. Yes, we do. We do. In fact, let me take a sip of today's drinky poo to see if it's a sinner or a winner. So hold on there, my darlings. Sipping is happening. And today's drink is a slightly bigger challenge because it's a two-parter. So here we go. Part number one. Oh, that is a lovely drop, that is. <clears throat> okay, and part number two. Oh, Oh, they, oh, these are winners, darling. Definitely not sinners. Mm, okay, more about that towards the end of the show. If this is your first martini podcast, a warm welcome to you. But be advised that this show is not politically correct because we do not wish to erode the intellect. Martini heads, we value common sense, common courtesy, and common decency. Three things we feel are sorely lacking in today's cabal-controlled world. On this show, 
We like to think that we think for ourselves. You know, martini heads, we believe in cosmic alignment and we believe in the development of our God-given intuition. Now, we're not religious, but it's cool if you are. We are more spirit-centered, and you could say that metaphysical martini is where the Holy Spirit meets top-notch distilled spirits. Our love for our creator is without limit, but not so our consumption for the other spirits. Moderation in all things, my darlings. The last thing we want in an insane world such as this is a drinking problem. So, you know, put a lid on it out there. Take it easy. We would love to see a return to respectful debate and civil conversation in this country. But alas, with so many genuinely brainwashed humans strutting about, parroting the lamestream mainstream, it may be a while before that happens. You cannot debate with someone who has made up their mind never to change their point of view because it matches their social conditioning. It's like buying art that matches your sofa. It just doesn't work. It makes you comfortable, but it's a silly thing to do. You can, of course, debate with people who, after much deliberation, having considered all sides of the equation, have come to the conclusion that they believe to be correct. You see, there's a difference there. The difference is the choice between fear-based ego pettiness and a genuine desire to expand consciousness. On today's show, well, you know, I think what we're going to do, since this is our 99th show, I think we're going to focus on answering as many of your questions as possible. Because on the next show, which will be our 100th podcast, <laughs> Yes, folks, our 100th podcast on July the 5th. Um, you know, I think all heck's going to break loose. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I can guarantee you it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster of a show. And I'm going to smash in all of the segments that I have done over the last four years. I'm going to smash in a bit of Plato chips, the cryptic mystic, the wizard's gizzard, Tarot, a go, go, some very silly poetry, American civics, and of course the cocktail of the day, and whatever else we can fit into a 59-minute show. I doubt that next time we'll have, you know, we'll have the time for quack, but uh, I think we'll quack our little hearts out today. Yes, that's what we'll do. But before we do, my darlings, let me take a moment to thank the people who made the intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Who are they, Arnie? I'll tell you who they are. Mystical wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Do they serve chips and salsa? No, they do not. But their selection of crystals is spicy and hot. Do they serve cocktails with vodka and gin? No, and I say it with a grin, because they have so much shungite, I don't know where to begin. Are you shopping for yourself, or is it a gift? They have items that will take you beyond the dimensional rift. Mystical wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, a plethora of unspoken delight. They do metaphysics, and they do it right. Mysticalwares.com Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. And lovely people they are too. Very pleasant to work with.
Okay, um, let me have another sip of this delightful double whammy drinky poo. Hold on. Mm. Oh, <clears throat> okay, now we can get on with the show. Darlings, if you would like to share your point of view with martini heads across the globe, send your emails to me, Arnie at ArnieAvidician.com, or by snail mail to Cosmic Arnie, P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon, 97070, USA. And please let me know if and how you wish to be identified, or I shall refer to you as omit personal details. So let's shake up the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity and see what pops out. Shaky, shaky, oh, shaky, shaky, woohoo. All right, our first item is a postcard from Port Arkansas. Oh, no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Port Aransas in Texas. Yeehaw. Um, and it's from someone whose handwriting is every bit as bad as mine. So I'll take a guess uh, before the uh, drink kicks in and say it looks a bit like Froyo, F-R-O-Y-O, but it could be anything. So hello, Froyo, maybe not Froyo. And Froyo says, Tito's vodka is made in Texas and it is the best vodka in the entire universe. My gosh, Froyo, have you tasted all the vodkas in the universe? What a bad boy you are. We should hang out. Now, with regard to Tito's, I have to say it is good. I have enjoyed many Tito's in my day. I mean, who doesn't love a nice big Tito or two? I mean, Tito's go in two and they're much better that way. Um, and I do agree, it is tasty. So what do I know about Tito's handmade vodka other than I like to drink it? It is made in Austin, Texas. And the difference is that they use yellow corn to make it. Uh, not potatoes, not wheat, and uh, not wood shavings. Um, and they they don't age it, but they distill it six times. Now, one of my favorite summer martinis is made with Tito's vodka. I take three parts Tito and one part Lillet Blanc, uh, a French aperitif, and I hard shake it over cracked ice. I pour it into a martini glass and dress it with a lemon twist after expressing the twist because I'm posh, you see. So the Lillet Blanc, it gives it a softer flavor than a regular dry vermouth. And the lemon zest, it just, mmm, it adds the merest hint of citrus crisp. And if it's too sweet for you, because the Lillet is a little sweeter than regular vermouth, use four parts vodka to one part Lillet. It's a lovely summer cocktail. And thank you, Froyo, or whoever the heck you are, for reminding me of it. All right. Oh, I think I'll make one of those uh, this weekend. All right. What else is in the fishbowl today? We've had quite a few. It's funny. Some weeks we get a lot of letters. Other weeks we get two or three and two or three emails. Um, I, it just it just goes. And who knows why? So here's one from someone who wishes to be identified as Haley Habanero. Uh, have I heard from you before? That sounds very familiar. But if you want to identify as a hot, pungent fruit, <laughs> you're welcome. Who am I to stop you? Anyway, Haley Habanero says, Arnie, I wish you would do a better job with keywording your archived podcasts. You explained a couple of years ago why illegal immigration is a terrible idea, but I can't find that particular podcast. Which one was it, please? Because I want to play it for some friends who have their heads in their butts. 
My grandparents came here without papers, I won't deny that, but they applied for legal status soon after and they got it. It took a long time, longer than they thought, but they stuck with it, they had help, and now every member of my family has American citizenship with a new one in the making. My baby is due in September. Haley Habanero, grats on your new baby. I hope she grows up strong and healthy and runs you ragged because you know they will. Um, this keyword thing, darling, it's a tad more challenging than you would think. In a normal world, um, it wouldn't be an issue. But in today's globalist totalitarian dress rehearsal, it is quite problematic. For example, PooTube, also known as YouTube, takes down my podcasts faster than I can upload them. So I stop adding anything that could be misconstrued by the feeble-minded fact-checkers of social media and their associated feckers. Um, now that I no longer post anything of value on YouTube, I've started to add them back in, you know, the keywords. But off the top of my head, I can't recall which podcast it was, but my views on the subject, well, they haven't changed. Um, you know, we all remember back in the day, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp behind or beside the golden door. Um, that's what the Statue of Liberty says when people come into the harbour. And, and I, you know, I can't disagree. I mean, this country's greatness really does lie in its diversity. That's the whole point of this country. Even though we got off to a bit of a rough start with the British coming and, you know, messing things up, as they, they do like to do, because that's sort of empire mentality. Um, look, if you look back in American history, the path has always been open for those who wish to breathe freely, to think freely, to break the chains of their class conditioning and make of themselves whatever the heck they please. People came to America for freedom, to find the best in themselves and to teach their children to do the same. From my point of view, it's a beautiful thing to be in a room with Americans sharing a common libertarian ideology. It is a beautiful thing to stand next to my fellow Americans who have names such as Smith, Pascuzzi, Reyes, Chen, Brandau, Hagopian, Nussbaum, O'Connor, Vasiliev, Stephanopoulos, Osman, Takahashi, Kaletaka, Anakoni. I mean, this is the most beautiful thing that you're all together and you're all eating various different types of food all under the same banner of being together in this ideology. And that's just absolutely groovy, but use the door, not a gap in the fence, not a tunnel. It is a door you should not be able to go through without our consent. America is our home. And to all the people who present as bleeding hearts out there, not a derogatory statement, is the door to your home wide open? Would you allow strangers to crash in your pad, uninvited, unvetted? Would you let a young male of unknown origin sleep near your teenage daughters? 
Would it sit well with you if people you didn't know just crashed your door down and demanded to be included into your family? Demanded you support them. Demanded you work overtime and pay more tax so they could avail themselves of your resources. I mean, you know, let's be sensible. I think the answer to that is no. No, darling, that would not be safe and it would not be sensible. And a bleeding heart is a dangerous medical condition. We need to engage the mind along with the heart. They need to work together. An unprotected border invites all manner of depravity and destruction. It allows human trafficking. It allows drug trafficking. Two major problems in our world today. It also allows foreign intelligence services of non-USA allied countries to smuggle in operatives whose only purpose is to help the globalists destroy our country from within. Now, we can and we will at some point go down many rabbit holes with this. There are people who are in real trouble. People whose lives are in danger on their home turf because the cartels and their gangs make life intolerable. And yes, we know there is a dark cabal inside our CIA, which funds and helps to operate these gangs. So we, and by we, I do not mean the people who love America. I mean the people, you know, there's this current Puppet administration, you know, these people who hate the country, they want to see it merge. They want to see America merge into Big Brother's dystopian theme park. You know, so when I say we, I don't mean we who love America. It's this establishment, this American establishment. Um, you know, it, it's created many of these problems. We acknowledge that. And right now we are in the middle of massive disclosure, aren't we? So we're going to have to address that. We can't keep it under the rug for much longer. Yes, 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 we get it. But that doesn't mean we beat our breasts and shout mea culpa and let in every Tom, Dong and Gustavo. When the White Hats take over the administration, please God, sooner than later, they have short-term and long-term plans to end the cabal's giant money laundering schemes. The taint runs deep, and it will take a couple of generations to clean it up, but it will be cleaned up. Now, I support secure borders because I'm not an idiot and I have common sense. Anyone who thinks open borders in today's world is a good idea is naive. Clueless, I could say, and has no idea how the world works. But we want to be kind to everyone. Yes, darling, I understand. Don't we all? But you have no idea how the world works. You want to share your giant pot of soup with everyone. But not everyone wants your soup. Some just want to piss in your soup pot. And then the soup is ruined for everyone. I do not have a criminal record and I'm a pretty decent person. You know, I, I've not really got into trouble. Well, you know, on behalf of my government, maybe once or twice, but not on my own. And I applied for my green card back in London and I waited patiently for 18 months until I was approved. 
And I came here under my own steam and I made my own way. I wanted nothing from America except the chance to become an America, which I now am. Huzzah. There are millions of people here illegally, a great percentage of whom have jobs, have their own businesses even, and are going about their lives seemingly without a care. Some of these people have been here for decades, and I have to ask, why? I mean, how does it feel to constantly look over your shoulder? How does it feel to have a fake social security card? You pay into social security knowing you will never see one cent from it on retirement. And shame on social security for allowing that to happen, by the way. In any country, illegal immigration is a gamble. My biggest problem with it? It creates an underclass. If a crime is committed against you and you have no legal status, how will you report the abuse? And as an illegal, you are at the mercy of your employer. What kind of a life is that? There's a great deal to be discussed here, not the least of which is greed on the part of the employers and the expectations of a naive populace. I mean, we have to think about things like how much would a stick of celery cost at the supermarket if it was picked by people who demanded eight hour days with two coffee breaks and an hour for lunch and no more than a 40 hour work week? Could you afford to have someone do your housekeeping if you had to pay them a decent wage, a wage that a citizen would ask for? I guess if you're here illegally and you have made this great country your home, there are now many organizations that can help you get legal status. You don't need to hide in the shadows making pennies on the dollar. You deserve more, but you're not going to get more if someone can report you to Immigration Customs Enforcement, ICE. Surely we can put aside a few dollars each month and start the journey to secure our status. I think it's better to jump through the hoops now than work like the Dickens all your life, only to be sent back to a place should something happen that is, you know, no longer your home. I mean, I think now if I was to be sent back, well, I'm, a, I'm an American citizen now, so ta touch me at your peril, people. But um, if I was to be sent back to England now, after 34 years here, I'd be a total fish out of water. And I don't think, you know, that if you're undocumented, and you're undocumented because you're illegal, I don't think you can rely on the bleeding hearts for much longer, because since this puppet administration took over, we have witnessed caravans of clean, well-dressed, well-fed so-called immigrants in need all with new shoes new backpacks and shiny new phones participate in an attempted well-organized invasion of our border there is no other word for it that's the machinery of deep state in action it opened many eyes and awakened many minds to the real danger facing america and americans today it's not the problem isn't with the honest immigrants. They will always be welcome. 
The American dream is available to anyone who wants to contribute to it. It's been a rough ride for us all since 2015, hasn't it? You know, and I'm glad it has, actually. People were getting far too comfortable being mediocre in the matrix. I'm glad that Trump and the White Hats finally made a move to expose the depth and breadth of deep state corruption. Some say it divided the country. I'm not going to say that. It didn't. What it did was it drew a clear line between the free thinkers and the media manipulated. It drew a clear line between those who engage in sovereignty and citizenship and those who do whatever the big shiny box tells them to do. And I, for one, having lived here for 34 years, although I have to say, I was an American the moment I watched my first episode of Bonanza on British television. But after being here for 34 years, I am sick and tired of watching both people and organizations use America as a toilet and as a money laundering operation. You know, there will be change and there will be pain. But in the end, all the good people will see the gains. Now, there's this whole thing, should we call people illegal, undocumented? You're here illegally, that's why you don't have documents. You're an undocumented, illegal, or illegally undocumented. I don't, take your pick. Nobody wants to throw you out if you're contributing to the country. But let's see what we can do about getting that status firmed up. Okay, and I did, yes, don't write to me and tell me that I'm, I'm, I'm doing weird things with my vowels again. I spoke a certain way in England, I've come to America, sometimes it's status, sometimes it's status, give me a break, I'm working on it. All right, what else? Um, oh, by the way, thank you, Hayley Habanero. Um, you know, I could talk for hours on this, but my time on the show is limited. What else came in in the past two weeks? Let me have a double whammy sip. Hang on, hold on. Mm. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Mm. Oh my gosh. Wow. Mm. Lovely. Okay. Uh, this is from Daniel, who works in Seattle, but is originally from Oakland, California. And Daniel says, Dear Annie, my Greek friend says you are related to Boris Johnson, the British politician. Is this true? Um, well, here's the precursor to my answer. <laughs> Where on earth your Greek friend got the idea that Bojo and I are related is beyond me. I, I may have been asked this before. I can't remember. I mean, we are not related. I will just say, um, as far as I know, and I think I would know, I am not related to Bojo. But if I remember correctly, I think I, think I know what happened. If I remember correctly, Bojo's great-grandfather was a chap called Ali Kamal. And he was an Ottoman-era political journalist of note who also served for a while as the interior minister. But he did not agree with Ataturk's plan for Turkey. Um, and I don't think he wanted the Armenians killed either. Um, and so, poor thing, Ali Kamal, he was killed by a mob 
but no doubt at the direction of the aforementioned Atatürk. And this happened in 1922. I think they in, not interrogated him, but interviewed him. And on his way out, there just happened to be a mob that tore him to shreds. So I believe that branch of the family came from a village uh, called Kalfat, and that is just a little bit north of Ankara, the, the Turkish capital. So I have many British Armenian uh, friends, you know, British friends of Armenian heritage who just adore Bojo. Uh, and I think part of it is because Ali Kamal opposed the extermination of the Armenians on Turkish soil, uh, you know, that genocide of 1915. Um, but Bojo has Turkish roots, which is Muslim. And I have Armenian roots, which is Christian, even though I'm not Christian. So any blood kinship is highly unlikely. Um, and investigating these things, even if you are Boris Johnson, is rather touchy, you see, because the Turkish government is very, very touchy on the subject of genocide. Um, big, big uh, skeleton in a little tiny closet. So anyway, um, lovely question made, made me laugh. Thank you, Daniel. But please advise your Greek friend um, accordingly. Okay. <laughs> Let's take another email from the fishbowl. So this one is, oh, hello, it's nice to hear from you again. Um, I think you're the same chap. This is from Masood, and Masood lives in Dearborn, Michigan. And he says, Dear Shaman Ani, I understand the need for preparedness in case of emergency. It is not as easy to convince my family my wife and I are saving for a down payment, but until we have enough, we must stay with her parents. How can I prepare without them seeing my preparations? Well, Masood, I'm many things, but I'm not really a magician. But here is my best shot on that. Actually, darling, it's not as crazy a question as it sounds. And it's not, again, it's not the first time I've been asked something like this. So a few options. So I know you said you're saving, but, you know, I have no idea what that means to you. You could be a millionaire and saving or or a pauper and saving. Um, so if you can afford a small offsite storage space, that would be the easiest option, clearly. If not, perhaps, you know, someone um, with a garage who can let you use a few square feet um, to store your essentials. Now, you mentioned you are in your in-laws home for now so i assume you haven't yet accumulated furniture and sundries for your new home but perhaps you have something in storage in your in-laws home in the garage perhaps so you could indulge in some creative repackaging that might be possible and i know these suggestions are somewhat obvious but you didn't provide too many details and sometimes we do miss the obvious another suggestion is to start buying two of everything that you consider essential. And that's food and water and hygiene products. Now, I live in an apartment, and that's how I started my prepping adventure. Everything I use daily, I bought two of, and I did that on every shopping trip for about a couple of months or so, until I could no longer store them under the cabinets and such. And then I found that water was too bulky, so, you know, I bought a water filter instead. Um, that's a way to go about it. And don't forget to have a long weekend backpack in your vehicle. Enough items to keep you alive and clean for, you know, three to five days minimum. Once you get to the point where you cannot hide that you are actually prepping, you can review and move to phase two. 
And my phase two was clearing a bookcase in my office and stocking it with canned and dry goods. I also bought those white buckets, food grade, that looked like paint buckets and filled them with lentils and rice and beans. And I regularly review every other month what stays and what goes. And, you know, even though I'm in just 1,200 square foot apartment, if everything collapsed tomorrow, my partner and I can live very well for six months and that can easily be stretched to nine months. So honestly, if space is an issue and you can look at three months, Masood, you're still ahead of the game and doing well. So I suggest that's where you start and see how you go. I also suggest you read a few books on prepping and watch a few videos on it because we need to find a balance between space, survival, and quality of life. You can't just have the essentials. In my prep kit, I have chocolate, um, lots of chocolate, because it cheers me up to have chocolate. And I also have a whole bunch of bourbon and stuff, but I know you don't drink alcohol. I know that from your last email. So, you know, maybe whatever it is that you like, some treat stuff, because food is a great motivator when the lights go out and times are tough. Ask any military person who's been in the field and has been through hell what a really nicely packed MRI uh, MRE <laughs> they don't want an MRI what a really nicely packed and tasty MRE will do for them it will lift up their spirits so I would just start with that Masood um, and don't make a big deal of it just just do it you know all right what else is there what else is there we have some more um let's take this one this is from omit personal details and Omit says, Dear Ani, in your opinion, on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely is a full-blown civil war? Should we plan for all-out street war? Should I stock up on lumber and nails to secure doors and windows? What about electric fences and booby traps and handmade bombs? I have two shotguns, a revolver, and plenty of ammunition. Is that enough? I see no point in storing all this food if people can break in and take it. If you think there will be an all-out war, I need to up my game. Woo, hold your horses there, buddy. <laughs> With the handmade bombs and the booby traps. This requires a little sip of my drinky poo. Hold on. Oh, mm. oh my God, that's good. All right, listen. Um, omit. <laughs> Let's take this one step at a time. Since we are in a misinformation war with both sides trying to outdo one another, I can only take an educated guess at the level of chaos to be expected. I think no to all-out street war, but quite probably yes to pockets of civil disturbance in and around major population hubs, transportation hubs. Um, and I mean, we've seen this, so we can expect this. We can certainly expect looting to occur at retail outlets. And I don't discount groups of marauders engaging in home invasions in some locations. But I honestly don't see a Mad Max scenario anytime in our future. That said, 
if you have the room to store lumber and nails and duct tape um, or even paper tape to secure your home, I would go ahead and do it. You know, I don't have room for lumber in my apartment, but I do have tape for the windows because, well, because broken glass is a real pain in the ass to clean up. Now, homemade bombs and booby traps. Even if I knew about them, which I don't because I'm not a light artillery specialist, this is not something I'm going to talk about on the radio. And I'm certainly not going to waste my good vodka on making Molotov cocktails. But darling, this is America and there is no shortage of resources for researching such items. Um, and those things, omit, I agree, may be necessary, are necessary during an all out street war or zombie apocalypse. But zombies today are brainwashed and not brain dead. So we don't want to set those things in motion until Mel Gibson shows up in his leather trousers looking for the Thunderdrome um, with Tina Turner singing in the background um, from heaven. As for shotguns and a revolver. OK, I can talk about that. Um, very nice. And in my opinion, shotguns do work best for home defense for many reasons. And uh, number four is my choice for close range uh, in ammo. But I also keep some number one buckshot and some slugs on hand. And the slugs are in case I want to dislocate my shoulder. And a sidearm, of course, is a must have. So keep your revolver and hopefully it's not a small caliber. Now, you must know that pistols have better magazine capacity than revolvers. But in the end, it's regular training that gives you the edge. You need to be as familiar with your firearms as you are, say, with your instant pot. Another point I would like to make about any type of prepping is this. Do it quietly. No one needs to know what you have or why you have it. And please take that last piece of advice seriously because it could save your life. And ultimately, my darling, chill. If push comes to shove, we will all do what has to be done with what we have. And if it's not good enough, well, I can assure you, no one that I have ever spoken to has ever complained about being admitted to heaven. So nice and slow and sensible and quiet, okay? All right. Do we have more? Yes, we do have more, but I'm getting a little dry. So let me try this drinky again. Hold on. Mm. Mm. Okay, I've got to slow that down because um, it's going to make me burp. <clears throat> All right, let's see. Let's see about another question or a comment or a rant in the fishbowl. This one is from Minnie. Minnie, what a lovely name. Minnie lives in Sebastopol, California. I think that's near Santa Rosa. Anyway, Minnie says, I was going to sign up for a mediumship course, but given the high level of crazy going on, should I wait until things settle down? Minnie, should you wait until things settle down, you will have a long wait. The ebb and flow of life, my darling, is an eternal cycle, and no matter what happens around us, we should just get on with our lives. I will give one small piece of advice, if I may. I'm assuming, I don't know why, but I am assuming this is not your first venture into the world of metaphysics. 
If it is, I do not recommend going straight into a mediumship course without first doing a few basic spiritual literacy courses. You need to learn the basics before you start connecting with whatever the heck is out there on other realms. So, and first I would say, you need to learn how your light body works and how to maintain it. That's your aura, your chakras, the meridians, the, like the little tiny copper wires that are inside of you. You need to engage in daily deep breath meditation and remove any foods and beverages that upset your system. You know, allergies, sensitivities, these do affect our connection. You know, interdimensional connection, it's our birthright and it's a glorious adventure. But as with any new journey into the unknown, preparation, proper preparation is the key to success. If you have any other questions, darling, drop me a line. I'll be happy to fill you in. Let's take another question. <clears throat> and this is from Richard in Cincinnati. I think I may have heard from you before, but on the other hand, there might be more than one Richard in Cincinnati. Richard says, my question is about incense. I am training to become a druid and I just love the rituals and ceremonies. I am gathering aromatics from all over the world and will call you shortly to set up some private tuition. Oh, good man, an excellent choice and teacher. But he continues, off the top of your head, which is your go-to incense for clearing bad energy, for example, after a major disagreement that was not resolved? My main disinfectant is benzoin. It's cheap and it's cheerful, but don't use the pink one from Thailand. That is stinky and nasty. Use the blackish gray one. It works. Well, it's like a spiritual Lysol. Um, so I use it straight, uncut during a clearing and purification. And once I feel that things are shifting, I will probably add a few crumbs of sweet white copal and some rosemary sprigs just to seal the heel, as it were. When you use benzoin, just benzoin for clearing, it can feel very bright. So I like to soften and sweeten things a bit. It helps to settle things down and it makes for a more welcoming atmosphere. So when a space is cleared, especially when it's cleared of icky juju, people can feel a tad disenfranchised when returning to the space. And that's fine because they are subconsciously you know, they're looking for all the mind goo that you just cleared out. And, you know, that has to be explained to people. You must explain that to people so that they're not upset that they feel disenfranchised. So finishing up with a softer incense, it helps them to adjust. Now, of course, benzoin is not the only aromatic. There are many other combinations you can use. But I like to start with the simplest and least expensive items. Benzoin resin is inexpensive and so is sweet white copal. And I don't know about Cincinnati flora and fauna, but here in Oregon, every other person has a rosemary bush in their backyard. Um, and of course, you know, you can buy some from your local supermarket. It won't be as fresh, but it will do the job. Studying aromatics is, well, it's a bit of a passion for me, really. You know, our sense of smell can unlock memories, emotions trapped deep within our being. In days of old, 
shamans used aroma as medicine. These days, it's used for marketing and sales. You know, retailers pipe in the smell of coffee or fresh baked bread or vanilla to entice shoppers. Richard, good luck with your druid journey, and I look forward to unlocking the secrets of life with you in the near future. All right, onward and forward then. Another sip. I think I'm going to take a sip of each now. Okay, hold on. I don't know why I, I have to keep telling you that I'm actually having a sip of my drink. I don't want you to think that I've run out of things to say and I'm just being quiet. So I'm justifying the silence by telling you that I'm drinking. Um, this next one is from Andrea of No Fixed Address, um, who says, Arnie, I cannot sleep. I can only sleep when I take sleeping pills, which make me woozy the next day. Now I have a full-time job, so that won't work. Can you help me with this? Because I am always on edge through lack of sleep. I wonder if there is something I don't want to see. Hmm. Andrea. There are many reasons for insomnia. And you haven't given me too many details, but you've given me a clue. So let's do the practical stuff first. Number one, stop staring at your computer or television screen for at least one hour before bed. Two hours is better. Eat your evening meal four hours before bed. Don't drink caffeine or take any stimulants after 2 p.m. I mean, I'm assuming you have a nine to five schedule, darling, but if not, adjust your times accordingly. I advise engaging in gentle, relaxing breath meditation before you hit the sack. And take a nice hot shower. Give yourself a foot rub. And if your neighborhood is noisy, you might consider a white noise machine. Don't dismiss these simple solutions. You know, I live a couple of streets away from a very popular bar. And in the summer, it gets noisy. So instead of going down the rabbit hole of how inconsiderate people can be when they're drunk, I just put the machine on and go right to sleep. What else can I tell you? I think it's very important from the energy point of view that you make sure your bedroom is well aired and not cluttered. If you have large mirrors in the room, for example, cover them up at night. You know, do a basic feng shui checklist. You know, the energy flow in a home, it, you know, it affects our mood. Now, if you've done all that and you still can't sleep, well, maybe there is a deeper reason. And you might try hypnosis to find the root of your insomnia. Sleep is a natural healer. And if you can't sleep, it needs to be addressed before you frazzle your last working nerve. It's time to engage in some righteous self-honesty, Andrea. The reason for your sleeplessness may be minor, or it could be deep-seated trauma, and you must be prepared to accept it and deal with it. Good news, though, you know, whatever happened, if that is indeed the root cause, whatever happened, it's over. It's in the past. And you are a different person now, a much better version of yourself, much more mature. And you're more than able to visit the past calmly and objectively if you choose to do so. So if you keep it inside, your body thinks it's still happening. If you face it and resolve it, make peace with it, and your body will do 
the same. Sleep is not just for resting the physical body. It frees our soul from the perceived limitations of our bodies. Sleep time is a grand adventure. Our bedrooms become portals to other realms. You don't want to miss out on that, all that groovy stuff, all that wonder-filled dreamscape. So, you know, get some recommendations in your area for a hypnotist and get it sorted out. Okay, I think we have time for one more. Um, this is from Russell. Russell says, it seems someone has pushed the disclosure button. Yes, Russell, finally it has been pushed. And then he writes, this is really clever. Um, there's a song, um, is it Rodgers and Hammerstein? It goes, uh, June is busting out all over. Um, I think that's how it goes. And he's written, truth is busting out all over, all over the media and the hill. Pedos busting out of bushes and the cartel drug lord pushes every dirty deal that squeals inside the hill. <laughs> oh, bravo, Russell, that is very clever, my friend. Good job with that. And he continues, and yet, Arnie, the diehards refuse to acknowledge it. Hunter got a slap on the wrist. The CDC murderers are walking instead of hanging, and somehow people think the fake Biden puppet is doing a good job. WTF. Oh, brother, I feel your pain. <laughs> but until lamestream mainstream falls, they will continue to think that. So, um, you know, because they don't look anywhere else for information. And, and this is what I mean by voluntary brainwashing. Russell, let it go. Deep breath. Oh, oh, let it go, man. Let it go. Free will. You know, there's free will. Not everyone has the stomach for the truth. And let's be honest. Take the average citizen too busy to work. I mean, too busy with work. Uh, you know, and then there's family and paying bills and taxes. And, you know, um, they're on this hamster wheel. But somehow they still believe they're living the dream. You know, and they come home, they do what needs to be done. And by the time they watch the news, their brains are winding down and they are no longer alert. They don't want to think too much. And now people like you and I come along and we tell them about the mind blowing levels of corruption in the government, that the USA is a corporation, not a country, that deep state ideology has tainted every aspect of our lives that the elected, not elected, administrators have been bought and paid for years ago and are therefore easily blackmailed. And wait, there's more. Adrenochrome. Where does that come from? Would you like to know the dark and horrible secrets associated with the production of adrenochrome? And then the cult of pedophilia and money laundering, and capturing young girls to use as broodmares, and sexploitation, deep underground tunnels, reptilians, and Lucifer, and it's all true. But people cannot go from white picket fence to something so horrible, so intense overnight. Their minds will just reject it. It's too much. And it's too much. It shouldn't be. But it's too much because we've gone from a nation of fearless farmers to a nation of feeble-minded automatons. Patience, my friend, but don't stop spreading the word. Don't stop telling the truth. 
Patience builds the dreams of man. With each new day, do what you can. It has been thus since time began. Align with God and yes, trust the plan. Well, my darlings, I want to thank everybody who wrote in. Martini heads, that's why we started this show, to see what's on the minds of you, the people. Um, I really appreciate hearing from you. I would be so very lonely if I just did this show on my own and no one listened to me. So I love you all. But I think after all those problems, we deserve a little silly poem. Um, I think we do. So let's go for it. So I wrote this this morning after my third Turkish coffee. Um, and because I was uh, preparing um, a lesson on civics for someone. And this one is titled Bites from the Bill of Rights. Okay. And I'm going to dedicate this to my producer, Nancy, who's just awesome and has a birthday coming up this weekend. And she is a true patriot. So this is for you, my darling. Bites from the Bill of Rights. As long as I don't poop on your head like a pigeon, I have freedom of press, speech and religion. As long as I use them for righteous defense, don't touch my guns or things will get tense. Put the soldiers in barracks and not in my house, for I might mistake them for grouse or a mouse. If you don't have a warrant, please turn around. Just leave quietly. Don't make a sound. If you indict me, try to take me down. I'll plead the fifth and you'll wear a frown. I know my rights on juries and trials. Number six says those rights cannot be defiled. I'm not bothered with seven. I don't have 20 bucks. Besides, juries today are just human potlucks. I respect the eighth, but define what's excessive. A judge may be fair, or a judge might be aggressive. As I read the ninth, it defaults to we the people. But oh, what a mess in the hands of the legal. A limited government gives power to each state. Number 10 gets my vote, but it makes the globalists irate. The Constitution is a work of art written with surprisingly little ambiguity. But in the hands of lawyers and judges, it will be toyed with in perpetuity. To which I say, God bless America. And anyone messing with the star spangled better be ready to be arrested, tried and dangled, even if we the people have to do it ourselves. I stand ready. Sometimes I sit. But I am ready, even when sitting. The highlight of this incarnation will be to see the restoration of the American Republic. Step by step, my fellow patriots, day by day, we work and pray because we know we will see a better day. Well, my darlings, what a treat it has been to be with you. It's not over yet. We are winding down, but it's not over yet. I want to quickly remind you to visit my website, oniavidician.com, to see what I'm up to. 
And if you want to have a heads up of all my little specials and strange little marketing things that I do, uh, sign up for my newsletter, Monthly Messages. It's only out once a month on the first Monday of each month. And it's, you know, short and sweet and like me, full of buttery goodness. Um, what else is on there? Yes, all my classes and it's just go to it. That's where I go if I want to see what I'm doing. I think I should actually finish my drink right now. So hold on. Don't go away. Mm. 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 That was a good gulp. And I have finished my drink. <laughs> and that always means the end. Now, darlings, I hope you enjoyed listening in. Because if you didn't, you would have been very bored for the last hour, wouldn't you? But I hope you did enjoy it because I love doing this. I have a blast. It is my pleasure my absolute pleasure to meet with you every other Wednesday and share both my bullshit and my brilliance with you. Today's real life cocktail was a pint of Pelican Brewery's Pilsner beer, and it's fabulous. And as a side dish, I have a shot of Four Seasons, uh, not Four Seasons, Four Roses bourbon. Now, let me talk about the bourbon first. Why I chose Four Roses, number one, it's a gateway bourbon. If you want a good bourbon with good rounded flavors and you've never had a bourbon before, this is the one. The other reason is because this distillery is one of six distilleries that opened during, opened and operated during the Prohibition era. So I just, anybody who, who did that, huzzah, I will drink your bourbon. But it's delicious. And I chased it with Pelican Pilsner. Now, Pelican told me that their Pilsner is a love note in liquid form. So I went, okay, darlings, um, you know, game on. Give me some beer. So, I mean, they didn't give me beer. I went out and got the beer. But I've got to tell you, this beer's magnificent. It's not the type of really overly crisp, hoppy Pilsner. It, it reminds me more of the German Pilsners. It's delightful you can taste the hops but not too much you can taste those lovely malts um it's and you know it, it's quaffable i mean you can drink tons of it don't but you can it, it's just lovely i mean take a sip and you almost definitely fall in love they were right now my darlings we do have a great many people recently who have fallen prey to substance abuse and alcoholism Please don't use alcohol to get away from your problems and get into a different space. Learn to meditate and then you can have the odd drink now and then and really enjoy it. Because remember, folks, cocktails are great if they are an occasional treat. If you use top quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, one drink is all you need. I'm Arnie, mad as the day is long, Abadician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are so grateful. Until we meet again, America no longer needs a silent majority. Get out there and make the restoration of the Republic your priority. But above all, my darlings, love one another and let the spirit inhabit the human. You have been listening to The Metaphysical Martini with Annie Abdesian, The Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. 